And we are live. Kalle Rosenbaum, thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much, John. Nice to be here. Thank you. So um, as part of this month of content that I'm doing, I, um, I've been kind of doing different thematic um, series uh, for some of the different uh, uh, interviews I've been doing. And one of them is uh, Bitcoin authors. Because as you, I'm sure you're aware, there's so many great writers in the space, whether they be formal books or people that write articles or even tweet threads, you know, there's a lot of great stuff that's coming out. And uh, I wanted to, one, highlight some of the great people that are doing this work in the space and two, uh, get to know them a little bit better and kind of hear their background and their motivations as to why they they ended up writing about Bitcoin. So um, I think uh, maybe the best place to start, I know it's a bit cliche, but we all got it. We all have to tell our rabbit hole stories. So before we get into the motivations for writing the book, and the book is Grokking Bitcoin, by the way, I should have mentioned that. I have it right here. I um, I have a copy which you sent me, which I very much appreciate, and I also have a copy which I ordered myself, and uh, so I'll gift that one to someone. It's a it's a thick technical read, but there's probably no better resource for really getting into the weeds on the technical components of Bitcoin. Uh, so thank you and kudos for writing such a great book. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get the, the Bitcoin origin story from you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for propping my book. Uh, yeah, I started out in Bitcoin in 2013. Uh, I heard about Bitcoins from, uh, from a friend who mo wrote some plugin for a content management system or something uh, that was, would accept Bitcoin. So I, I, I was just curious about it, uh, what he meant by that. So I looked it up and uh, ended up buying some. Uh, I didn't study it too much at the beginning. I just thought, oh, cool, let's, uh, let's see if it catches on. <laughs> so I, I, I bought a little and uh, the technology came in later for me. Actually, so uh, uh, and then I, I, I started studying it more, uh, trying to penetrate the paper. It, uh, I, I'm not very academic. Uh, I'm a software developer. I'm a, I have a master's degree in computer science, but uh, I don't do uh, uh, science stuff. <laughs> Uh, regularly, but uh, I had to uh, at least dig into the paper here and, and get the paper. And it took me a while to get it. Really, it took a pretty pretty long while actually. Uh, but once I got it, uh, it was very uh, you know rewarding just just to uh, just to know that you could grasp it, that you could understand this technology. Uh, it was pretty pretty cool. I thought to to it was a cool feeling to 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 understand this system just just for that merit, and uh, it was also cool to understand because uh, because it, it's just uh, an ex extraordinary piece of technology. Uh, so I got really caught by it and I couldn't stop talking about it with friends and I started a Bitcoin meetup and uh, annoyed everyone with it. And that's, that's about how I got started. Um, I'm always interested how people, when they first, let's say, consult the white paper, and some people will get the white paper first, other people will watch videos you know, on YouTube or hear podcasts and then maybe go to the white paper later. As someone with, you know, with a deep uh, you know, software development background, 
when you read the white paper, did you immediately understand the implications of what this represented or uh, did it take longer for you to kind of not only understand how the system worked, but what it meant that such a system was developed? Yeah, uh, it was a very iterative process. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't get it from reading the white paper. Uh, if I gave that impression, I, uh, that's wrong. So I tried to read the white paper, but I also did complementary uh, studies. Like, for example, one, one extraordinary resource uh, was a site called... Um, uh, or, or a YouTube channel called uh, uh, Khan Academy. Khan Academy. Mm -hmm. They had a series on Bitcoin, which was excellent. That explained how transactions worked and how mining worked and all that. So, I, I mean, I, I used all sorts of, of sources to, to gain understanding. So the, the paper itself didn't help me much at the beginning. Uh, but but uh, putting pieces together, uh, finally, I could read the paper and understand what it said. <laughs> right. So and, yeah. And gr once you grasped the uh, once you grasped the paper, I guess the kind of the kind of underlying tech. Um, what was the process of beginning to appreciate the economic, social, and political implications of this new uh, system? Uh, yeah, uh, that's a, that's a very big, long journey. Um, you know, <laughs> hit me. I, hit me. <laughs> no, but I um, I have been uh, a bit lost politically um, before Bitcoin. Um, I voted left. I voted right. I voted middle. I voted, you know, uh, environment uh, party. And but uh, Bitcoin has has uh, pushed me to the I, neither left or right but but just uh, I, I'm, I'm turning more apolitical now and uh, um, yeah so, so mm, I don't know where uh, I'm getting more and more angry when people try to tell other people what to do and how to how to um, uh, live their lives. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so, yeah, and most put political parties in Sweden, at least, uh, want to rule others um, and tell others what they can and can't do. And um, that pisses me off a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, th that's where I am now. And. Yeah, I think uh, this year has, uh, you know, a lot of people have started to get that sort of feeling. But what's interesting is, you know, it's so common to hear people recount what you just said, which is, you know, maybe in the past I was left or I was right or I waffled back and forth or, you know, whatever. I, I tried a bit of everything. And um, so many people now, it's almost, you know, I, and I know there's some controversy over characterizing things in this way, but most people would just like be describing yourself as a Bitcoiner is becoming its own, you know, sort of, um, characterization politically, at least, you know, where, yeah. you know, if I was to tell you that I'm a, you know, I'm a Bitcoiner, I, 
at this point, I kind of expect, especially within Bitcoiners and people that are starting to get into this, that that would convey more information about my uh, stance on things and my ideologies than right, left, socialist, communist, capitalist, any of this stuff, you know? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, nothing to add there. <laughs> <laughs> and so when did you, so that's kind of on the political scale of things. But um, when did you realize what this represented economically? Again, so you, you consult the white paper and you start to appreciate the technology and realize the nature of this system and, and why it's special. But, um, and just to, to give you a little bit of context for that, I remember being a, a real critic of uh, money printing from like 2007, 2008 period. And I had heard a bit about Bitcoin and I had heard about the hard cap and I thought, well, that's cool. It's a money that can't be inflated by governments. And I appreciated it for that reason, but I didn't fully understand the implications of that. You know, I just thought, great, yeah. governments can't fuck with my money. I didn't understand all the kind of peripheral or more profound implications of having something that can't be expanded. So for you, what has been the process of understanding the economic implications of Bitcoin? Yeah, I still don't understand the economic implications of Bitcoin, <laughs> but uh, Bitcoin started me thinking at all about money or about economics. Uh, before I, I, I hated it. I hate, I hated to think about money and economics, uh, but because it, the, 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 the legacy system is so complex that no one can actually understand it. So. And to be honest, I didn't try it very much, but I didn't understand the system as it was before. And Bitcoin is a, is a, is a system that I can understand, uh, which makes me, uh, which makes me trust that system a lot more than, than a system that I can't understand. So, um, and the, 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 my, my aversion to money printing is, I didn't care about that before. So that that uh, that stuff came later. I mean, the recent years only uh, that I started actually uh, care about uh, governments printing money. So, uh, but I have, I can't say that I understand much about economics, macroeconomics at all still, uh, because my main interest is the, is the tech, but I'm starting to understand more and more about, about uh, global economics, mm -hmm. but it's tricky stuff. And, uh, and uh, I didn't know much to begin with. So uh, I'm pretty early in my journey there, there, I guess. Yeah. You know, so I, I have a long way to go still. Sure. Do you enjoy, uh, you know, you said you hadn't really thought about money or economics prior to Bitcoin. Are you enjoying the process of becoming more educated and informed about economics? Yeah, uh, it does because uh, it. Uh, the more I learn about it, the more the more convinced I am about how how important Bitcoin is. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a big piece of the puzzle why I am in Bitcoin still. Uh, so yeah, it is very important to me. I think you mentioned the simplicity of Bitcoin, and I think that's at least partially responsible for how it begins to shape 
your views about the existing system simply because you look at Bitcoin and say, wow, look what it's able to do in such a simple way. What, yeah, look how simple it can be. Yeah. And, and so yeah. Then, then your brain says, well, why is the existing system so complex? And the answers to those questions is there's special interests, there's corruption, there's, you know, political intervention, there's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then you begin to see all those things as unnecessary. And even in some cases, you know, yeah. kind of malicious actors intervening between you and making economic calculation and economic exchange. And so that's why I think, you know, Bitcoin, understanding Bitcoin uh, through, in particular, an economic lens really, you know, gives people that kind of, I like to call them the orange colored glasses, where you're able just to see clearly how, you know, the inefficiencies and the waste in the legacy system and who benefits from those inefficiencies. And that's why you begin to say, no, that, that, that stuff shouldn't exist that way. You know, this, it. It, it, and, it, and it needn't exist that way anymore. And, you know, of course, this is why we, this is why we Bitcoin. Yeah. And it's, it's, so, it's so refreshing to know that you can opt out of the system now. Oh my God. You couldn't before. Now you can opt out. And that's, that's just, uh, that feeling is just uh, unbeatable. Oh, my. It, I couldn't agree more. I mean, especially in today's climate, just to know that you have that, that option. Because if you didn't have that option, how... How disheartening would the existing landscape be, you know, because it's so, yeah. so entrenched and so, uh, you know, otherwise outside of something like Bitcoin, so inconceivable to, to, to think of a way it might be turned around or changed or improved. And, and uh, so I, and, and this is actually, you know, great segue to writing the book. I think this is why so many of us are just inwardly motivated to contribute to this thing in some capacity. And let's be real. I mean, most of us, we ain't getting a lot of good return on our investment for the time that we devote to Bitcoin. You know, some, some people do, of course, but you know, I know a lot of writers, a lot of podcasters, a lot of, you know, these small businesses in the space. It's really a labor of love, at least for now, you know, hopefully that will change in the future. Um, But this thing, you know, inspires so much creativity. And I use that word in the broadest sense. And, uh, you know, so maybe this is a great time just to for you to explain, like, what was that spark of inspiration that caused you to say, I'm going to write a book about, you know, how Bitcoin works under the hood? Yeah, I had been blogging for quite a while, uh, a few years. Uh, I wrote about technical concepts, uh, side chains and proof of work or anything. Uh, so I, I enjoyed writing quite a lot. Uh, and for some reason, uh, the, the publisher, Manning Publications, they, they emailed me, asked me if I wanted to write a book about uh, a blockchain, they asked. And I said, uh, well, I'd, I'd like to write a book about Bitcoin, please. Uh, so <laughs> they, they asked me to do it, and I just said, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and I, I think it was a perfect fit because I, I wanted to write more. Uh, and I had been playing with the thought of writing a book. So they just, I, I asked a friend about it. Uh, do you think I should do this? Uh, it's a multi-year project. <laughs> so, and he said, of course, do it. And so I did, yeah. It's a good friend. Yeah, very good friend. <laughs> um, and what, in the process of writing the book, I mean, it, it is really detailed, you know, like a, a lot of people, I mean, let's, 
just to be frank, a lot of like quote unquote normal people would, would be intimidated by a book like this because it is so detailed. Now, I appreciate it greatly, even though I'm also in that category. But for me, it challenges me to enhance my understanding of, of the details of how Bitcoin works. And I want that, but it certainly doesn't come natural to me. Uh, and I know a, a lot of people would feel that way. When you were uh, putting this together, I have to imagine your own education process around Bitcoin was, uh, you know, you went on a very steep learning curve just to put this together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I didn't know half of what I wrote. Uh, so, <laughs> um, and I, I always had to, you know, uh, ask Twitter for, for advice or uh, ask on, on uh, stock, stack exchange and uh, talk to people about various topics that I'm, uh, currently writing about so um, but took- I, of, co- of course I had a general idea of how, bit- how Bitcoin works and I, I pretty detailed as well but I couldn't just write it I, I need to check every piece of information uh, just to double check uh, if I got it right and I got a lot of things wrong initially uh, that I had to correct later um, and you said it took two years to write? Two and a half years. Uh, well, uh, that's, it didn't, it take me one and a half year to write the manuscripts. And then it took another year to make the finished book, uh, get the professional uh, illustrator to do the, um, the illustrations and uh, copy editing and typesetting and all that. That took a tremendous amount of time. And I, I hated that period uh i couldn't do much because i had written the manuscript already and it was in the hands of other people and the process just seemed to stall and that was very frustrating period Um, but uh, on the other hand it gave us some time to actually improve stuff Uh, so it became a better product in the other end at last Uh, so I'm pretty pleased now uh, after the fact that, that, uh, that it took that time that it took. Um, and is maybe, the, the, maybe that was deliberate from the publisher. I don't know. <laughs> is this the type of book, um, because of the subject matter it's addressing in Bitcoin, is this the type of book that will need updated revisions like on an annual or, or semi-annual basis? Or is this like well, evergreen and, you know, the next time you write it, it'll be a whole different book. Yeah. Uh, some stuff probably need to, to be taken out of the book in a few years. And uh, of course it's gonna, it's gonna erode over time because new technology are replacing old technology. I mean, I don't know, in 10 years, everybody will be, will be using taproot version 17. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. So uh, when I wrote this, uh, SegWit had just, uh, had just activated. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, and a lot will happen in the coming years with Taproot. Um, how, how involved are you uh, in the discussions um, or how up-to-date do you keep yourself in the discussions of uh, Bitcoin's development? You know, and uh, what are your thoughts on how it's progressed thus far and, and uh, what the near-term future is looking like. Yeah, I'm not uh, nearly as uh, up-to-date as I would like to be. Um, 
I, I try to follow it closely. For example, I, I, uh, I participated in the review rounds for the Taproot upgrade, the Taproot BIPs. So I was part of that uh, review round, which was a very nice thing to get people to review Taproot because uh, people with different views came into uh, came to that review uh, round, and uh, it it wasn't just programmers, but uh, or it wasn't just hardcore core programmers. Uh, it was people like me who were just curious about how it would work and um, and to learn more. So that review was a great way to get engaged in, into Bitcoin. Um, so that, that's stuff I would like to do more of. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have been doing it uh, quite a bit, but I, ha I haven't, uh, for example, contributed to Bitcoin Core I have contrib contributed a, a small patches to uh, to BIPs and stuff like that, uh, but no no coding for Bitcoin Core. No, is that something? I don't. I'm not. I, I'm not a C plus plus programmer either. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Is that something you aspire to in the future, or? I don't think so. No. Um, but uh, I I do program against or towards Bitcoin, I, I, I do Bitcoin related programming all the mm -hmm. time. I mean, I, I write wallets and uh, backend stuff that does Bitcoin stuff, you know? Uh, uh, so I use Bitcoin Core a lot, but I don't uh, code it myself. And as someone with um, the background that you have, when you first came into Bitcoin um, and this kind of whole new world of of this technology uh, was made, uh, you know, apparent to you, you were made aware of it. Um, did you, you know, were you curious about other quote unquote crypto projects in the space? Um, and are you currently, you know, is Bitcoin your, your only, the only thing you're interested in, or are you interested in other things as well? No, I, I, I can, I can say that I, I, I never, I never was interested in other projects. Uh, I heard about Litecoin and uh, those early uh, altcoins, but but they never really caught my interest. I have never uh, owned any Litecoin, for example. I did buy some Doge, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one one other thing, I I actually have some Namecoin, and I have registered some names on the Namecoin blockchain. Uh, which is a decentralized uh, DNS, more or less. Mm -hmm. uh, and Namecoin was, I think, the first altcoin, actually. Um, but but uh, no, generally, I have never paid attention to them. I don't spend time on them to understand them because there are so many. And this, the, the selection of of uh, uh, altcoins to study would, would be totally arbitrary. I, I don't know. We, which one would I pick? Right. Uh, I, I don't know. So, no, I'm uh, I'm uh, mostly Bitcoin only. Yeah. What is it about Bitcoin that you think makes it so special? You know, what are the attributes that you think are its fundamental value props? You know, and and kind of further to that question, uh, are there th attributes of Bitcoin that should never be changed? 
that are, you know, that should just, we should never tread there? Or do you think everything is uh, subject to upgrades and new forms of, uh, of thinking about things? Yeah, uh, I think what one of Bitcoin's greatest strengths is that there is so much brain power in Bitcoin. There are so many people writing code, doing pull requests, reviewing code, and it's ruthless. Uh, I mean, the level, the level of, of, uh, of uh, brains that you see in Bitcoin is just staggering. And you don't see that in any other projects. Uh, so, so it's extremely humbling to read about Bitcoin and, and read from, from other from developers what they what they are doing, what they, what they are working on. Uh, there's so much going on, and and the quality that they output is just unseen. I, I, I I'm. So, so this is totally new to me. <laughs> the quality of the code, the quality of the of the project as a whole, is just uh, fantastic. And I think that's one of the greatest uh, uh, values of Bitcoin. And that's what keeps people in Bitcoin, I think, too. Uh, what was the other part of your question? Well, the other part, and I I appreciate that you kind of went that direction with your answer, but I'd also be curious to know from a, like the attributes of Bitcoin, you know, for its consensus rules and how it operates. Oh, yeah. What do you think, you know, why is what it does special? It's, you know, the way it uses proof of work, et cetera. And the other part of that question was, you know, as these evolving conversations around Bitcoin's development, um, are there certain aspects of it that we should never ever change or is everything susceptible to you know um an argument for change i guess yeah i i'm i i don't let's say a a, a, a holy cow there is uh, is the 21 million cap right uh that's one of the major uh rules that people talk about that's never going to change. I'm not so sure. We'll see in 50, 100 years. Uh, and I'm not in a position to say what's best for Bitcoin in 50 years. I don't know. Uh, Peter Todd uh, suggested something like, uh, well, maybe we should add a 0.5% monetary inflation to Bitcoin long term. I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, we'll see what happens. If if need be, sure. Uh, we'll see if you can get consensus for it. Uh, it's it's not up to me. It's not up to you. It's up to people running their software of choice. And I don't have any opinion on that. <laughs> I guess part of the question is almost philosophical. And maybe I should word it differently and say it this way. Are there certain things, certain attributes about Bitcoin that if they are changed, they're actually lost rather than upgraded? And I know that's kind of a tricky question, but I, you know, if I think go on, because you seem to be nodding your head and, and uh, maybe you, you know what I mean. Yeah, but what what comes to mind immediately is the block size debate, for example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm very glad that Bitcoin didn't go that path because that would have been a, a, a tremendous blow to the, to the decentralization of Bitcoin mm -hmm. and to, the, to its censorship resistance because uh, validation would be harder. So, yeah, so I, I'm glad that that didn't happen and I'm pretty sure it won't happen for a very long time at least. And uh, other than that, uh, people have been talking about uh, adding, you know, blacklists and stuff like that into Bitcoin. Uh, I'm glad we don't have those, um, you know, um, So every every change that uh, compromises on the censorship resistance, uh, I think, should stay out of Bitcoin. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you you just brought up something, and and speaking of staying out of Bitcoin, I I, I got to ask the the recent controversy over blacklist blockless, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was your opinion of that? Okay, I, I don't care what they call the variable, but it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a silly thing to, to merge a name change like that. But once it was done, maybe, it, okay, uh, I, I don't know. Um, maybe, I, I don't know for sure. Uh, they reverted it, and I think that's fine too. Um, it stirred up a lot of uh, feelings, but I think this that that's this is something that people can understand. It's a name, uh, so 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 it's mostly bike shedding. I'd say uh, if you heard the term bike shedding, I did, I did but I don't really I don't know what that means. Yeah, it, it's more or less like a, a group of people are trying to decide on properties on a, on a new nuclear plant. And uh, it's so complex and hard, everything. So instead, the discussions tend to lean towards the, the coloring of the bike shed outside. Oh. Uh, so, so, I mean, people tend to talk about things they understand, of course. Uh, and and uh, I, think, I think this name change here was a clear example of bike shedding. So because, yeah. Uh, this was something about Bitcoin Core that people could could actually uh, uh, talk about and have an opinion on. Mm. So they did, and yeah. I think that's fine. People can can be as angry as they want. I don't care. I, I yeah. I, I tend to. I, I didn't follow that discussion too closely. I just yeah. saw it. <laughs> that's uh, that's interesting. I didn't understand or dig into the term bike shedding before and i can see how that can sometimes be the case but my interpretation of the episode was that people were just disappointed to see the kind of political ideological uh you know language police uh issues come to uh bitcoin core as insignificant as a change it may have been i think it was a yeah. it was a it was an argument on principle not on how impactful it would actually be and saying look we use the language that's most able to communicate the meaning that we intend to communicate. That's the language we should use, not the language that adheres or conforms to anybody's sensibilities about being offended. That is not how we di dictate or determine the most effective language to use. And so 
that was my uh, interpretation of why people were um, somewhat upset about that. But it was actually, I think, you know, I know it was insignificant uh, in many different ways, but I think it was, you know, fairly significant in others. And I think, you know, it's somewhat of a precedent that we'll probably refer back to in the future when, uh, you know, in, in an increasingly politicized world where people are increasingly politicized and they're, their political ideology seeps into so many different areas of their life and work, I think it's unavoidable we're going to encounter such issues again. And, uh, you know, time will tell. Yeah, yeah. And so this will be a pretty good precedent that, uh, no, we... we um, it was unfortunate that it slipped through, but I think it might be a good thing that they actually reverted it. Uh, I agree, just to, yeah. to To make a point that, no, we're not doing this. And I think another, well, I think a positive thing that came out of it, which you alluded to earlier about your involvement in reviewing, you know, uh, you know, discussions on Taproot is that I think because people didn't notice this for three, you know, three months or so. uh, And I think more people are going to be involved in, you know, just keeping an eye on what's going on on GitHub and these discussions. Like, I'm not saying that everyone's going to become a developer or anything, but I think, you know, we spend a lot of time on Twitter, you know, and, and a lot of discourse happens there. I think people may, uh, as a result of this episode, now be thinking, maybe I should, you know, maybe I should keep an eye on things uh, that are happening in, in that domain a little bit more, especially if I'm, uh, if I'm, if it's something that's so important to me, which most Bitcoiners fall into that category. So maybe that's a good thing that comes out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if, if you have, if you have uh if you have Bitcoin, you should care about that. And you should try to get an understanding on what's going on, on your level of expertise. Right. Just choose, choose your level of, 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 uh, of depth and yeah. go, go with that. Try to understand what's ha- happening and form an opinion and be so in, that you and can choose wisely. Yeah. And be involved. You know, I, I spoke to Jeremy Rubin about this uh, last week and, you know, we disagreed a little bit on, on how things went down, but, you know, we both agreed just to say, and, you know, this was his kind of ending message is, you know, we just be involved, you know, be involved in some way, you know, uh, yeah. review things, contribute, you know, as you were saying, at whatever level you're, you are at, you know, be involved at that level because, you know, the more of us that are, intentionally and consciously considering this thing and being involved, I think the more robust we ultimately will be able to make it. And that's what we yeah. want, right? Absolutely. Um, what's the least understood um, aspect of Bitcoin? You know, you, you've written the book. I'm sure you've gotten a lot of feedback. What is like when people message you, what is the thing that they're most kind of like uh, surprised to have learned about Bitcoin after reading your book? Anything pop come to mind? <laughs> no that's tricky um nothing really comes to mind actually <laughs> well what do you think is that a, is that a problem <laughs> <laughs> no. what do you what do you think uh should be better understood to, to, uh, like you, you know what do you think um that people are engaged in bitcoin maybe should understand better or don't understand that well i don't know if it's poorly understood or not but i think What's most important to understand in Bitcoin is that Bitcoin, Bitcoin is designed as it is to accomplish censorship resistance. And uh, once you have that, once you have that insight that that we do it, we do it this way because we do we. 
we have this decentralization because we want censorship resistant money, unstoppable payments. And uh, then, then your, uh, your uh, process of thought becomes clearer, I think, when you review new proposals. If you have that in mind, the censorship resistance in mind, uh, you will be able to better, better uh, 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 review stuff from that perspective. Mm -hmm. because, because that's what sets Bitcoin apart from other systems censorship resistance yeah no i i agree and which again kind of speaks to the inherent uh political nature of something like bitcoin because its existence is to to circumvent uh something that is often uh censored you know and and something that people benefit yeah. from not uh yeah it, it, yeah it's a response to a world that is overly censored into activities that are overly censored. And, and, and uh, that's, I think that's a good lens to be looking at things through. Yeah. And I think we're actually seeing the fruit of the censorship resistance already today. I mean, people are using it to, to bypass their oppressive governments and uh, their stupid uh, uh, monetary policies. People are using it to avoid that, to opt out from, uh, we see a, a big uptick of, of, of uh, Bitcoin in, in countries in Africa and South America, where the governments severely mismanage their, their, uh, their countries and, and monies. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, this censorship resistance is important to people in real life, for real. It's not just, it's not imaginary, it's not... Uh, uh, it's not academic at all. It's real. Right. And everyone finds different uses for that, right? As you say, you know, people, someone in a, maybe a country in Africa where there's capital controls, where they, you know, they can't send money out. They can't be part of the global economy for that reason. Whereas maybe in developed countries, you know, we're playing, uh, the inflation fighting game and we're, we're just yeah, trying to preserve exactly. our capital, you know? Yeah. Do you yeah, we have different sorry go ahead no no you you finish no i i'm, I'm just filling in that we, we have different uh, situations in life and maybe i the, the only way for me my the only use for 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 myself using bitcoin is convenience basically if i want to send money abroad or or something like that it's convenience mm -hmm. i can just as well use my bank or international uh, wire transfers uh, but it's just more convenient to use Bitcoin. I don't need it that much. Yeah. Uh, but but to and for savings, of course, uh, to avoid uh, the two percent inflation target of Sweden. Do you uh, yeah, so, do you give any thought to um, you know where we are in in Bitcoin's kind of development and adoption life cycle? And you know, do you do you see do you ever envision or attempt to envision how this plays out if there's a lot of resistance from you know the legacy system or governments against bitcoin as it grows or do you just kind of keep your head down on the technology and, and try to focus there no i'm uh, i'm forced to think about this uh, now and then because people ask me uh, what if china uh, uh, takes control over all their mining in, in that country i mean they have 60 percent. i don't know how, how much they have but yeah, I'm pretty sure they have more than 50% of, of the world's mining in China. So 
shit can happen, shit can hit the fan. Uh, so yeah, I think about it. I have no answers. I I hope, my hope is that Bitcoin will adopt slowly enough so that governments will uh, yeah, like like have you heard about the the boiling of the frog? If you yeah. put the frog in boiling water, it uh, it will die immediately. But if you slowly heat it up, it won't notice. Or it'll if you uh, if if you drop it in, it'll jump out immediately. But if you slowly boil yeah. it, then it'll it'll stay in. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. You know that if 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 it's if it happens slowly, they're less likely to take kind of rash uh, action against it, right? Exactly, because they have more time to think about it, or 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 uh, and it becomes accept more, it, or it becomes more ingrained in the existing system. More people kind of hold it. The yeah. infrastructure is built out. Hope, more. Yeah. Hopefully, people in power will start using it privately. Um, Let me ask you about uh, this. We we you know, to the outside worlds, to some people, we are seen as you know the crazy bitcoiners, right? And I'm sure even though I try to keep a level-headed approach as much as possible, when I'm having you know, conversations in social environments, uh, I'm sure I come off as a little bit overly exuberant sometimes. And, uh, you know, and I, I don't really have anything to back it up. You know, I, I, I do a podcast, but everyone's got a podcast, right? So that doesn't really bestow any credibility on me. But for you, you've written you know, a highly technical book about this thing. And I'm just wondering, does that change the dynamic? Like when you are speaking with friends, family, in social environments, and you're making the case for Bitcoin, does that give you any more credibility in their eyes? Because you can say, hey, like, I'm not just, you know, being a crazy person here. I, I wrote a book and it's ex- extremely detailed and, you know, I know what I'm talking about and this thing is real. Does that help at all? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, because no, people, people, um, people think it's just as weird, even though I've written a book about it. I mean, it, that doesn't change their view on Bitcoin uh, itself. Maybe, maybe I'm taken a bit more seriously. I don't know. Uh, but, but I, I don't feel any difference from between, from before I wrote the book. Do you still try to, you know, have those conversations or do you just leave, you know, people alone basically? I, I generally don't start the conversations anymore, but uh, uh, inevitably I end up in the conversations anyway, <laughs> because people know that I'm uh, involved or or uh, uh, I happen to mention it. Sorry, I'm gonna turn this off. No problem. Uh, so yeah, I I. Uh, usually end up discussion discussing bitcoin at parties and stuff like that yes and right. uh, people think i'm i'm crazy <laughs> <laughs> well but we usually, are we, we uh, are the crazy it, ones right here's to the crazy I ones think, yeah the, but i i see a difference between the difference between men and women how the how they approach it uh i feel that women are more um, um perceptive and try to actually understand what I'm saying, while men are more on the offensive, takes a more offensive approach mm-hmm. and try to debate instead of understanding. Yeah, I, I think I've bumped so, up against that before too. I think maybe on average, men are kind of 
uh, more resistant to uh, uh, accepting that there's something really, really, really important that they have no idea about sort of thing. Yeah. You know, um, what's, uh, what are some of your favorite uh, or most valuable resources when you try to increase your understanding of Bitcoin? You know, so for many of us, your book is now that. But when, when you're trying to continue digging down the rabbit hole of understanding things, what are some of uh, the best resources you consult? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, when I want to learn about something new, for example, Taproot, yeah. I, um, I, I usually go to read some article that tries to describe it to me. Uh, some, for example, it's on Bitcoin Magazine. It's a great, great site by, by all means, but those articles don't really cut it for me. Uh, I get I get some kind of sense for what what it's about, but I always end up reading the bips, and that's where I get gain the 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 the, the actual understanding. Uh, but reading a bip is much harder than reading an art, article, so I have to spend more time <laughs> to right. to get get a decent understanding. So bips is my major source of information, right? Actually, uh, and occasionally source code if it's if i don't understand uh, some aspect or so so i can i can view go in and i mean get some uh, sense out of the c++ code but i'm, I'm not a c++ code, coder myself right so um, pips yeah right right um this is uh, my last question for you but i'm wondering what uh, is exciting you the most these days about what's happening in Bitcoin? Like, what are you, and you know, you may, it can anywhere from price action to taproot to something else entirely. Like what, what is really getting you excited about what's happening today? Uh, I would like to, to say something like taproot, but uh, I can't deny that I'm obsessed with price. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, uh, I want to say, hey, I, it's just for, I'm just here for the technology, but I still check the price every five minutes. Uh, <laughs> Nobody's so, in <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty, pretty uh, um, excited about what's happening right now. We have this micro strategy announcements and stuff like that. I, I, I can't look away from that. And I, I am, um, that, that catches my, my attention a lot right now and mm -hmm. how Bitcoin has been picked up by bigger players. Yeah, I, I think and, that- and, make, and making it more, more uh, 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 not mainstream, but uh, sorry, lack of words, making it more uh, generally acceptable or, or um, yeah. Yeah. It's validating it, you know, and what I, yeah. what I think is it's, it's obviously huge news and not only is it huge news, but I think it happened at a scale even beyond our expectations. Um, it's at yeah. least for micro strategy, we'll see if a similar narrative plays out across other uh, private and public companies. But, um, you know, I think that's a watershed moment for sure. And what's really, really interesting, two aspects of that is one, in the reasoning that you know Michael Saylor gave for the MicroStrategy uh, news, you know all of the things that this community, quote unquote, community have been talking about for the last several years, he saw exactly the same thing, and to you know it's validation for us as well to say like no, we're actually not crazy. You know, we're we're seeing yeah. 
uh, this thing, you know, with pretty clear glasses on and, and we're not, we're not being, yeah, we're, I mean, we're seeing it truthfully and that's a, that's a great thing. And the second thing is that, you know, he mentioned that, uh, certain educational resources from this space, both writers and podcasters and video makers had informed his view about that and then helped him understand it better, which is, you know, is a, is a bonus for everyone. Cause it means that, you know, this message that we're sharing and really it's more like a, a, a dialogue of open thought, because I don't think anybody would say like, I understand Bitcoin fully. We're just kind of saying, this is what I see. What are you seeing, man? And we have this conversation yeah. and uh, it seems that those conversations are, are getting out there and landing on ears, receptive ears that are starting to th- say, Hey, that's, that's a worthwhile conversation. And that seems to be an interesting thing you guys are talking about. And so uh, I can't blame you for, uh, for, you know, checking the price all the time because I'm sure many of us are in the same boat. Yeah, I read the same thing from from uh, MicroStrategy. I mean, the, 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 it's so insightful what they wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know how long that process has been for them. Uh, he did write negatively about Bitcoin uh, uh, like 2014 or something like that. He started in March of this year. That's when he started looking into Bitcoin. I know he wrote the negative right. piece in 2013, but on, on yeah. he, he uh, as a individual and as a company because of the downtime from covid he started looking at it again in march consulting you know parker lewis's uh, writing and vj's writing and some podcasts and uh passing it along to his executive and his board and then once they agreed it was the right move i think it, he said it took them three to six months to put the pieces in place uh in order for the company to be able to acquire in custody and etc yeah. and um you know so it happened fast it happened fast yeah uh, so, so what I think there is is, is uh, the, the 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 most impressive thing there, there is that he didn't cling to his old views. He was prepared to change his mind, and that's uh, that he's going to be greatly rewarded for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm inclined to agree, and I hope you know we live in a time where so many people have rigid ideas and ideologies. I hope that people getting rewarded for having open minds will cause and inspire more people to have a similarly open mind because you know even forget whatever virtuous reason you might have an open mind having an open mind actually has a a net financial benefit or has the the potential to so hopefully that will be enough uh, inspiration or motivation to get people to you know start thinking outside of the the rigid confines of their their normal thought yeah Yeah. i had this twitter uh i i uh put out a tweet few weeks ago, one and a half week ago, where I asked, uh, do you know if, uh, give me an example of someone who studies Bitcoin and, and of, <laughs> uh, an example of people who studies Bitcoin and the more they learn, the less, the more skeptical they become. And uh, it turned out that uh, this guy, George Jorges Stolfi, I think his name is, a, a super skeptic. And he's been polluting my mansions ever since now with, <laughs> with uh, negative negative uh, comments about Bitcoin, trying to uh, debate various people coming into the conversation. And it's been hilarious to follow him. He's he's my favorite no coiner. <laughs> and and, and are, are his arguments uh, non valid? No, no, no. It's just just yeah. horseshit. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. I will for sure. Yeah. Um, 
Well, mate, this has been uh, really enjoyable. Uh, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat and I really appreciate your work. Is there somewhere that you wanted to direct people before we, we sign off today? No, you can reach out to me on uh, Twitter. I'm uh, at uh, Kalle Rosenbaum there. So that's my handle. Uh, and uh, if you want to check out my book, you can uh, try before buy. It's open source uh, on rosenbaum.se slash book. There you can get a, a, a sneak preview if you want. Just just have browse through the pages. And if you like it, please buy the book to support me and, uh, and uh, the, the publisher Manning's work. And it's available in the major online bookstores. Yeah. So if you want, if you want, you. if you want to stop LARPing and actually understand the details of how Bitcoin works and not just hop on Bitcoin Twitter and be, you know, cheerleading all the time, Grok and Bitcoin is a, an amazing resource to do that. So, uh, Kale, thank you very much for the time, man. And uh, I'm sure we'll speak again sometime in the future. I hope so. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank right, brother. you. Take care. It's a pleasure. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,